You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88 and check out all my work at fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code Ronis50 get your first two months for the price of one. We got our week one target snap recap. That's very important. Week two projections from Sean Childs are up, and Sean is going to join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. He's one of the top high-stakes players around. We got our weekly injury report, waiver wire report, and you can find my waiver wire article as well as my stock watch si.com slash fantasy if you have any questions ask them on the message boards in the forums got a ton of waiver wire questions yesterday so uh we will get to your questions as soon as we can obviously it's very very busy right we want to help all you guys win uh we do have a call on the line let's go to john in canada john what's up um so i have a start to the question i picked up chris thompson and hardman off the waiver wire I'm just wondering if I should start Thompson over David Montgomery. Uh, I would not start Thompson over Montgomery. Uh, looks like Adrian Peterson's going to start this week. Now, Thompson is still very game script dependent. And if they are playing from behind, which you would think they would this week against Dallas, although that game, uh, I think, is only a four and a half spread. And the Redskins tend to play Dallas very tough. It is a divisional game. And. It's easy to say, well, Dallas looked great last week and dominated. That game was at home against the Giants. Now they have to go on the road. And the Redskins really were competitive for most of the game. Uh, it took a while for the Eagles to wake up. So uh, I would stick with Montgomery here. I thought Montgomery looked good. It was just that we did see a lot of uh, Davis. Tariq Cohen, not really. Tariq Cohen was more in the slot. Uh, so, uh, But I would still lean towards Montgomery this week. All right, and... I'm not really crazy about Chris Godwin's matchup this week. Uh, would you start Hardman over Godwin? No. Uh, I understand it's not the greatest matchup, but Godwin is going to be on the field a ton. He's going to get a lot of targets as bad as it was last week. He did get a touchdown. They look for him in the red zone a lot. Look, I like Hardman. He played 53 of 58 snaps, but we still need to see exactly what his role is going to be without Tyreek Hill. I think he can be a big part of the game this week because, remember, last week people will look and say, oh, he had no targets. But I don't think he was really a big part of the game plan last week because Tyreek Hill was active. It is a great matchup against Oakland, but uh, I'm not playing him over Chris Godwin just yet. Just be happy that you have Hardman and kind of see what happens this week. Let's make sure that he is the guy. I think he is because they drafted him when Tyreek Hill had the legal issue. So in their minds... They were saying, okay, this is a speed guy that's kind of a replica of Tyreek Hill, so we're going to just put him in that spot. And, you know, they took him earlier than where most people had him. So I do think he is the guy. There is Demarcus Robinson there, who I do like as well. I prefer definitely Hardman. But I don't think we can start him with confidence this week until we see how he's incorporated into the game plan. So I'm not playing uh, Hardman over Godwin. I'm going to stick with Godwin. I know it's a short week. And Tampa Bay's offense didn't look great last week, but uh, I'm sticking with Chris Godwin here. All right. Thanks for your help. All right. No problem. Yeah, and you're going to see a lot of people this week who kind of make those decisions. And 
you know, go based on what we saw in week one. And I know it was ugly for the Tampa Bay offense. Trust me, I have a big investment in Jameis Winston this year. But two of the interceptions were not his fault. One was Peyton Barber running the wrong route. The other was O.J. Howard, uh, the ball slipping through his hands. Yes, he did not play well. Also, something that I've said all week and even leading into week one, this was basically a preseason game for a lot of teams. We saw a lot of bad, sloppy play, and it's because a lot of guys did not play in the preseason. I know Winston did, uh, partly to the offensive line, and I did notice that in the preseason. Winston was under a lot of pressure, so that is definitely something that we're concerned about. And we could say that about a lot of teams in the NFL right now. There are a lot of offensive line issues. Cleveland, another team where that was well-documented of how bad the offensive line is, and that is something that we knew could be a problem in the preseason. So, oh, no, breaking news. you got to be kidding me. Hunter Henry, a tibia for fracture. This is unbelievable, man. Hunter Henry just cannot stay healthy, man. Oh. So, Hunter Henry suffered a tibia plateau fracture to his left knee during the game. So, he's going to continue to be evaluated. The time frame for his return has not been determined. So, wow, man. This is just a brutal loss for the Chargers, man. It just every year it's the same thing with this team. So much bad injury luck. And now with Hunter Henry, boy, this this is insane. And I drafted, I think, Henry in I think two leagues. Definitely one. Um but this is a, a, a big loss. And now if you have Hunter Henry, hopefully your waiver wire you know didn't run yet. And now you're gonna have to adjust your bids. And if Hawkinson's out there uh, Darren Waller, but man, this is just a brutal injury for Hunter Henry. I mean, this guy just can't stay healthy, and it really sucks. He's really good, and you know, you assume this was going to be a year where he can produce, but now we have to find out. And I don't know if we uh, talked about it on our, I think it was during a break. Like, what's going on with Mike Williams? Because haven't seen anything about Mike Williams in this knee injury, and this really to me, helps Mike Williams a little bit. I think there were some people concerned about the usage of Mike Williams uh, because last year we saw he didn't get a lot of targets, but you got to think Williams is going to be a red zone hog right now. And it just, you know, Henry was on the field a lot last week, man. He played 58 of the 63 snaps. They put him in the slot, lined him up wide, and, man, just a brutal, brutal loss for the Chargers and fantasy owners because, you know, Henry was going in the fifth, sixth round, and uh, he just can't stay healthy. It's been a, a very, very tough start to the career for Hunter Henry. So, you know, make sure if you have Hunter Henry, maybe you're in a league where Ravers already ran it. You have first come, first serve. Uh, it's not looking good for Hunter Henry. If he's your only tight end on the roster, you got to replace him. And, again, no timetable for his return as he's got a fracture to his left knee. So, Really, really devastating news there for those that have uh, Hunter Henry because you were counting on him to be an every week tight end. He played a lot last week, and I felt with the no Melvin Gordon that you would see more red zone targets for guys like Henry and Mike Williams. So big injury at the tight end position for the Los Angeles Chargers. Hunter Henry has a fracture to his left knee. No timetable for his return. We'll go over more injury news when we return. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here at his full-time fantasy, Adam Ronis. Here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon. Sean Childs from Full-Time Fantasy will join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Again, find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. And, you know, I've always said this. You know, I get a lot of... Yesterday, it was a lot of waiver wire questions on the message board. But I did get a couple start sick questions. And I said, look, I... here's the thing. When you're making start sit decisions... You always want the most information at your disposable as possible. Don't make these decisions on a Tuesday. I understand everyone wants to get ahead of the curve. If you have someone in a Thursday night game, it's different. But on Tuesday, we have no injury report. We have no idea of what's going on. There are going to be injuries that we find about, out about Wednesday that we didn't know on Tuesday. And this is the perfect example for those who are just joining us. Hunter Henry has a... Tibia plateau fracture to his left knee. I didn't even see any play where he got hurt. I didn't see anyone write about this. No one talked about this. So all of a sudden now we have an injury that we didn't know about. And that's why you can't make these start decisions on Tuesday and even Wednesday. Unless you have someone playing in the Thursday game. Otherwise you got to wait because things come out on Wednesday. Maybe something happens in practice. You know, you always want to make the best decision possible with the most information and things change throughout the week so don't rush to make these lineup decisions tuesday and wednesday work the waiver wire that should be your focus don't even worry about your starting lineup i mean i don't i play in a lot of leagues i might just set a preliminary lineup just in case something happens but you know you gotta wait to make those decisions and now with hunter henry's injury you know prime example so also, uh, Eric Williams, who covers the Chargers for ESPN, said Antonio, and he goes, and yes, Antonio Gates has not closed the door on a potential return. So maybe he's back. But, yeah, again, I think this really helps Mike Williams. But I have not seen anything regarding Mike Williams as far as his knee injury because he left the game. I'm hoping that it's positive because we haven't heard anything. But... Uh, brutal news for those that have Hunter Henry. And I could see a lot of people that have Hunter Henry probably don't have a backup tight end. Uh, I have Henry in two leagues. One is not a deep league at all, so I didn't need a backup tight end. And the other one is the Scott Fishbowl, uh, where I only have two tight ends. So that really hurts me there because I got off to a nice start this week. Uh, but losing Hunter Henry really sucks because my only other tight end is Greg Olson. And there's really, really not much on the waiver wire. So, again, if you uh, have Hunter Henry... Uh, go to the wave wire now if you can and get a replacement because uh, they have not given us a timetable. Um, but it looks like, uh, according to Adam Schefter, Chargers have thought that tight end Hunter Henry's knee injury would sideline him four to six weeks per source. Okay, I I thought it would be longer, but what do I know? But uh, not good news for Hunter Henry, who just seems to have bad luck, man. It's just like every time... 
he gets an opportunity. It's either Antonio Gates is there, he gets hurt. So, um, so yeah, so, again, Los Angeles did not announce that Hunter Henry is being placed on injured reserve. So that leaves it open that maybe it could be four to six weeks. But uh, that's a decision that could come, you know, later today, tomorrow. So I, if you have Hunter Henry right now, if you can hold on to him until we get more uh, news on this. Um, but there is a possibility this could be season ending. Uh, he had missed last season with a torn ACL. So I would say just hold for now. And uh, hopefully you can get a replacement off the wave wire or make a trade. But, man, just brutal news here for uh, those that have Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry, I mean, it just sucks. You know, we wanted... I just wanted to see one full season of Hunter Henry healthy with him getting a lot of the targets to see what he can do. And looks like we're not going to get that. So, again, big news today is Hunter Henry with this fractured kneecap. And uh, we don't know how long he is going to miss yet. So, I, I always say to everyone, I make decisions when you ask me questions based on what I would do with my team. And I do have Hunter Henry in two leagues. So uh, I'm holding him for now until we get further news and uh, looking to potentially see what I can get on the wave wire. So uh, he's definitely going to miss time. It's a matter of how much time at this point. So we'll just have to monitor the news and see what the Chargers do and what they decide to do with Hunter Henry. But uh, another big injury for the Chargers, a team that seems to go through this every single year. Uh, Darius Geis speaking today. Redskins coach Jay Gruden said he had no update on Geis. Uh, the expectation is he's going to miss a few weeks. He has a meniscus injury. He's still getting it checked out. Uh, now, Gruden did say Adrian Peterson will be the starter. Uh, remember last week, Peterson was inactive. So they quickly have to change their opinion here. Uh, Chris Thompson, probably the better fantasy starter, especially for PPR, though Peterson looked good last year. Now, a lot of it's going to come down to game script. Washington did have the lead last week against Philadelphia before Philadelphia woke up and then took the lead and went on to win the game. But we did see the Redskins offense perform well. A little bit of a tougher task this week against the Cowboys, but they will be home. It is a divisional game. Redskins usually always play the Cowboys tough. We did see Chris Thompson last week, seven receptions for 68 yards. Uh, and we did get someone call earlier about starting him. I, I still don't feel great, uh, depending on what your options are, because, you know, if he's not involved in the passing game or if this game's close and they feed Peterson, then Thompson has a very low floor because he's not assured of getting anything on the ground. It's a lot of uh, through the air, and that's always a very, very risky play because what if the Redskins play – this game tight what if it's back and forth or what if it's a one score game maybe they keep feeding Peterson and again Peterson was good last year and we did see it was Saquon Barkley though 11 carries 120 yards so Barkley had a a big big run in that game so I I don't think you know Thompson is the is the best to play this week and he's going to be a risky play every single week because you're not sure of what his role is going to be so uh, it's probably more of a split because um, Peterson doesn't really catch the ball at all. So 
you know, Thompson could get four or five receptions, but what if the offense is completely shut down or struggles? So uh, that's my concern there with Thompson uh, this week. But he is someone that you can roster for sure while Geis is out, uh, and you're just going to have to hope for the right matchup. Uh, Jordan Reed remains in the concussion protocol, and this is very concerning here for Jordan Reed, who certainly had to bump down the draft board, actually did get him. In one league, it was like, I don't know, tight end 21, 22, and the upside tight ends like Hawkinson and Waller were gone. So it's just like, all right, I got to take someone. Uh, but for the most part, uh, was out on Reed uh, the entire preseason. And, uh, you know, you got to be worried if you're Jordan Reed. Uh, again, he has to take care of his health. It's the seventh concussion, and you really have to worry about your future right now. So it's definitely a concern there. Uh, Joe Mixon is day-to-day, according to Coach Zach Taylor. He's not practicing on Wednesday. And Taylor said he's probably not going to see a lot of practice this week, but he could still play against the 49ers. So they're trying to get him ready for Sunday. So this is probably a decision where we're not going to know. It's probably going to be a game-time decision, and we're probably not going to know until Sunday. So obviously, if Mixon is out, Gio Bernard becomes a really good play. As we've seen in the past, whenever Mixon is out – Gio Bernard does well. He gets the workload. And last year we saw two games without mixing. Uh, Bernard averaged 19 fantasy points per game in PPR formats. So, you know, that was one of the difficult questions that I was getting about Gio Bernard because we don't know exactly if he's going to play this week. So that's going to kind of dictate where you go as far as tab. Now, obviously, if you're the mixing owner, you want him. So this way you have the ability to start either one. Uh, but if you don't really need a running back, it's kind of difficult to figure out whether you should start uh, Bernard this week because you're not going to know until Sunday. So you have to take that into account. Bernard has very a slight value when Mixon is on the field. I know they signed him to that contract to talk about using him more, but it's still going to be Mixon getting a heavy workload whenever he is active on the field. Lots more ahead as we continue to go through some of the latest news and week one takeaways. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon as we get ready for week two of the football season. You can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. If you have any specific questions, ask them on the message boards and the forums, and we'll help you out. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet 
of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. If you're just joining us, big news of the day, and it is not good, especially if you are someone that has Hunter Henry on your fantasy football roster. Henry has a uh, plateau fracture to his left knee, so they're going to continue to evaluate him. There's been no timetable yet. Adam Schefter said a source told him it could be a four- to six-week absence. They have not placed him on injured reserve yet, so uh, just brutal for Henry, who sat out last year with a torn ACL and just a ton of injuries already for the Chargers this year. It just seems like this is something that happens to them all the time. They did recently work out Luke Wilson, who uh, was cut by the Raiders, and uh, there is the possibility that maybe Antonio Gates returns as well, but it's a bad loss uh, to me. I think it helps Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, too, who's already, you know, a boost uh, with uh, the way he looked in week one, so maybe he catches more passes, but a real tough loss there. Hunter Henry, uh, a good week one, played a lot of the snaps and just uh, been part of his career. Injuries have been a uh, big problem for Hunter Henry, and here another one surfaces uh, this afternoon. And it, it goes back again to sometimes we don't know the injuries that occur on Sunday. We find them out on Wednesday, and that's why you can't make those lineup decisions. And uh, if you already had your waiver wire run last night, it kind of sucks. Because if you had Hunter Henry and maybe you had other priorities, wide receiver running back, you probably didn't even look at the tight ends. And maybe a guy like TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller were available. And you said, well, I got Hunter Henry. I'm playing him every week. I kind of don't need a tight end. And now this. So that's kind of part of the luck factor that happens. But you can't do nothing about it. You just got to overcome it. Uh, go to the waiver wire, see what's there. Uh, I know in some leagues it can be very thin uh, for tight ends. Uh, you're going to have to maybe make a trade, but, you know, just keep working at it. We're here to help. If you have any questions, you know, you can always give us a call or check me out at fulltimefantasy.com on the message boards and the forums. Sterling Shepard is not practicing today. He's been experiencing concussion symptoms that happened after the week one game against the Cowboys. So, uh, you got to think he probably doesn't play. But, again, it's day-to-day. Maybe it changes tomorrow. But I would be prepared to be without Shepard if you do have him. So, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley should get a lot more looks. It is a tough matchup. To, uh, they are home. Bill's defense, though, was very impressive last week. And I like the Bill's defense going into the year. They were a unit that I drafted in a lot of leagues because I like the start to the season with the Jets, Giants on the schedule. And uh, they were pretty good last week. I know they didn't have a big fantasy day, but they could here, uh, especially with the limited weapons that the Giants have now. So you, you could see Cody Lattimore and Benny Fowler play bigger parts, but don't think those are guys that you want to get into your lineup. Maybe in a very deep league, maybe you add them, but I didn't even see them added. I don't think you need to do that. And it might only be potentially one week for Shepard. A.J. Green is out of his walking boot, and he ran on a treadmill today. So the Bengals offense was really good. Without Green in week one, they were very impressive. And Andy Dalton threw 51 passes on the road against Seattle, over 400 passing yards. And you have to attribute some of that to Zach Taylor, the new coach coming in with a different look mindset. They were aggressive at times. 
So liked what I saw there, and if you can get A.J. Green back uh, with the speed of John Ross and Tyler Boyd and, and get Mixon healthy, it's not a bad offense, especially if the offensive line can hold up. That was one of the big questions about the Bengals going into this year. But for them to be competitive and have an opportunity to win on the road against Seattle was pretty good. I mean, a lot of people had Seattle in their survivor pool and had to sweat that one out. And I know Seattle's defense isn't what it was, but that's not an easy place to go into and win. So Green can certainly help. I still think it's going to be several more weeks. You know, I think originally we thought it could be three to four games. It's already been one. Uh, I would think at least a month for A.J. Green. You know, they cannot push him. You don't want him to come back less than 100% and start to, you know, force things and then aggravate it and then be gone for a longer period of time. So I think this is the case of where they cannot push A.J. Green at this point. But certainly it's it's good news to see them uh, out of the walking boot because uh, there was something, you know, there was seeing him on there with that walking boot this past week was uh, not the greatest uh, sign. But looks like he's making some progress. But, again, still don't know. Uh, when that return will be. Uh, also, Trey Burton is day-to-day. Uh, so he did not play in week one. And it uh, looks like he might be a game-time decision. And Adam Shaheen didn't do nothing in week one. Uh, but neither did anyone on the Bears offense. They just didn't run a lot of plays. And they did not look good against the Packers. That was definitely a terrible, terrible a game to open the season with. Uh, Greg Olson is listed as questionable. I remember the Panthers play tomorrow, Thursday night, against the Bucks, uh, And, you know, it's a short week. He does plan to play, uh, but he could be a game-time call. Olsen actually played a lot last week. He saw a lot of snaps. So uh, I'm I'm hoping he plays since I only have Olsen and Hunter Henry in the Scott Fishbowl League. So uh, very, very thin there at the tight end position. So a lot of people gobbled, you know, four tight ends on the roster. Uh, I decided to stack elsewhere, and uh, it could be a problem for me right now, uh, for sure. There's not much on the waiver wire either. Uh, the best guys that were like Tyler Higby and Blake Jarwin, and we know they don't have big roles in their offense uh, right now. Albert Wilson is not practicing today. You know, he looked like he was going to gain some value with everything that went on in Miami and Kenny Stills gone. And Albert Wilson was very good last year when he played, but he's been dealing with uh, injuries in the offseason and in week one. He played six snaps and then left the game with a calf injury. So uh, not good news for him uh, as injuries have been a big problem for him. Uh, Frank Gore. For Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, said Gore remains the Bills' starting running back. But Gore did not start last week. And Gore played way less snaps than Devin Singletary. 19 snaps for Gore, 45 for Singletary. And if this team wants to do well, they're going to have to give the ball more to Singletary. Gore had 11 carries for 20 yards. Singletary had 70 yards on four carries, and he didn't get one until the third quarter. He also had five receptions for 28 yards. So I want Singletary. If someone's going to panic, this is an opportunity to go in. And you tell them, hey, look, Gore had more carries. Although a lot of those carries came late when they were trying to milk out the clock. So uh, Singletary is definitely the running back you want in that backfield. And 
someone might panic. They might see four carries be like, oh, he's not going to get enough work. Uh, and maybe you can swoop him and get him at a cheaper price. So oh. definitely take a look there um, and see if someone is willing to buy low. Uh, Texans coach Bill O'Brien says Kenny Stills' role should grow going forward. He played 27 snaps in week one, and that's not a surprise. He just came to the team, uh, but he obviously had the game-winning touchdown, a 37-yard score. Well, no, it nearly won the game because the uh, Saints came back down the field and Will Lutz nailed that 58-yard field goal. So, you know, Stills is someone I think that you can have on the roster. I don't know if you feel good about starting him every week. Obviously, Hopkins is there. Kiki QT, I believe, is back at practice today, too. So I want to see how this plays out when they're all in the field. It does seem like the Texans are going to be more of a passing team than a running team. So that is good news there. But I want to see how this looks with Fuller, Stills, Hopkins, and QT on the field. Bruce Arian said that Peyton Barber is still the starting running back. Uh, yes, that doesn't matter to me. I got to say, I was very impressed with Ronald Jones. He really looked good in week one against the 49ers. Now, Barber, basically the snaps were kind of split evenly between Barber, Ronald Jones, and Ogbenwale. Uh, Ogbenwale had the most snaps by a little bit, and he had the most targets. So he looks like the pass catching back, and they did play from behind. So you saw him in the field now. Uh, but Arians kind of said he's going to go with the hot hand. And uh, Jones looked to be the best back uh, in that game. He definitely had more burst and quickness than we saw in his rookie year. Barber is just ordinary. So he's actually the guy that I like least of this group. I think Jones has moved ahead of Barber. And Ogunwale, I'm still holding on to him, drafting him in a couple leagues. And, you know, I, I thought with Jones not having a good preseason, Barber being mediocre, he had an opportunity to step to the forefront, but he was used as a passing down back. So I still hold on to him unless there's clear cut, better options. And, you know, a lot of people are going to have to make those decisions this week, you know, especially if you have multiple injuries. I mean, imagine you have Tyree kill Hunter Henry, uh, you know, you're going to have to make some tough decisions this week on who to hold on to, especially if you have no IR spots and, I don't play in many leagues with IR spots, maybe two. Uh, but obviously, in the high-stakes leagues like the Fantasy Football World Championship, we have 20 roster spots, no IR. And you're going to have to make decisions because, yes, we want to think about the playoffs in long term, but you got to get there first. And sometimes you have to treat it as a week-to-week thing. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Sean Childs from FullTimeFantasy.com. He's also one of the top high-stakes players around. We'll talk football with him next here on Full-Time Fantasy. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis from full-time fantasy here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Be joined by Sean Kyles in just a minute. You can check out all my work. 
fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. If you have any specific questions, ask them on the message boards and forums. And joining me now, it is Sean Childs from fulltimefantasy.com. Sean, what's up? It's the aftermath of week one. Always the toughest thing for everybody to understand the free agent pool and and the players on your team. You are correct. I mean, we're getting so many questions right now. There's a lot of, especially receivers that emerged this past week, rookie wide receivers. And it is a big week to make decisions, figuring out how much money to spend, who is for real, who's a fluke, because we kind of see this every year. A lot of money gets spent early in the year, and the players don't pan out. We could look to last year and see Philip Lindsay. Obviously, that was an investment worthwhile, but there was a lot of players that didn't pan out. Uh, so what advice do you give to people in this critical week? Because if you can land someone for a good percentage of your budget, now you have them the entire year, and it's a worthwhile investment. But if you spend 20, 30, 40% and that player turned out to be a fluke, uh, you put yourself a little bit behind. So what advice do you give people when approaching the waiver wire tonight? I think the first thing is evaluating the strength of your team. And, you know, if you have strength at wide receiver and you have, you know, four guys you can trust and you're going to spend a ton of money money on John Ross, I mean, you know, I don't think he's going to be this year's Tyler Boyd, but, you know, you know, he's a player that could help some teams probably until A.J. Green gets back. So I think you've got to evaluate your team, understand if your t- players had kind of a down game, was it, you know, the matchup, lack of opportunity, and, you know, w- will they have success going forward? So um, some of these flash players, you know, you know, defenses didn't match up well. They took advantage of um, some big plays to, to get their, you know, their stats. And, you know, will NFL defenses will adjust the next week. And, uh, you know, they can go from, you know, 25 to 30 points to, you know, six points in one easy week, and then your other players that didn't do much could, you know, score 15 to 20, and it kind of works its way back in your favor. Now, speaking of Ross, you know, what's your evaluation on him? You know, he's been a disappointment his first couple years in the league. We know he's got a lot of speed, and, you know, he had a big game on the road against Seattle. Obviously, A.J. Green's out. Uh, The Bengals put the ball in the air 51 times in that game. Uh, Ross still dropped a couple passes, but they kept going back to him, and in the past they have said, you know, if a guy like that made a mistake, that's it. They're kind of buried. But they kept feeding Ross, and uh, he put up big numbers. And he will be a name people are looking at. Uh, do you think we can count on him to be more consistent this year and be a reliable fantasy asset? I would I would think that he would be probably have a chance to have decent targets until Green gets back. And then he'll slide into the you know, wide receiver role in that offense. So, you know, is Green going to miss, you know, one game, three games, four games? We, we still don't really know. So, you know, if you're going to spend $350 at $1,000 for a guy, you know, maybe you need, maybe you have A.J. Green, and, and, and that would be a good fit. But, um, you know, or he lost them. I, I still we don't even know the injury of Mike Williams, but if you lost a player like that, you know, maybe he's only going to miss a few games, you know, Tyree Kill. So if you had lost an injury, you're trying to replace the guy. So, you know, you just, you know, to intake, you know, what you expected from that guy. And Rush, you know, scored some touchdowns. He's a first-run draft pick. He's not like he's a guy that was just floating around, you know, and, and came out of nowhere. So speed guy and kind of a bond guy. But um, I think he can help. But just, you know, you got to be careful when you're doing your bidding. I know you did a lot of your projections already. But unfortunately, you're going to have to remove a player. I don't know if you saw the news. But Hunter Henry has a fractured kneecap, and he is going to miss some time. There's no timetable yet. They haven't placed him on an injured reserve. Virgil Green is the backup tight end. There is some whispers that maybe Antonio Gates could be back. But in the meantime, if, if you're doing your projections, who gets a little bit bump up 
with this news that Henry is going to be out. Yeah, it's a it's a complete dump for the tight end position when I go back and do it. I mean, they'll they'll probably you know the chances will go down a lot. You would think naturally it would go to the wide receiver position. You know, we're still waiting for the news on Mike Williams. Uh, the running backs would probably get a few more catches, and maybe they would use you know two backs a little bit more. But you know, for now, I would say you know Keenan Allen is going to get a lot of targets, but you know you know defense are going to try to take him away. But he is a tough guy to cover, so. It's, it's, it's frustrating for if you're a Henry, especially with the guys that, you know, they really, really priced him high considering he missed all last year. So uh, for me, it was a complete avoid this year, and uh, I was kind of fortunate, I think. And uh, But, you know, it's just uh, who knows, you know, when a guy gets hurt like that, you know, he can miss half a year now. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him at fulltimefantasy.com. The week two projections are up. Uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, a very impressive debut for the Ravens. Only played 14 snaps, but had a couple touchdowns. We saw that speed that we knew he had. Uh, he could be available in some leagues. Obviously, in the high-stakes leagues, he went. But uh, what are your thoughts on Brown? Uh, didn't play all the snaps, but he was coming off an injury. It was a blowout. Uh, could this be a guy that uh, is an appealing play every week in fantasy? He fits exactly what you know what he did in that game. He was really, he was really tough to play. Probably even in the daily, unless you're just you know taking a chance on a Lamar Jackson hookup. But you know he's a guy that they could be explosive, can make big plays. But the, the whole month of August, he really didn't do much. You weren't even sure until like two days before the game if he was even going to play. So, um, but you know he's a big play guy. He's going to you know turn a short pass into a long, uh, you know a long TD on some things as we saw last week. So. Um, but, you know, they have to get him on the field and they have to get him more chances because that really helps the overall offense in, that, in, in, the, in the Ravens. So he looks as in, you know, if, if he plays a full season, and he's definitely going to be, you know, probably a 55-60 catch guy with, you know, with a chance over 1,000 yards, you know, if, he, if he's active in the passing game. So, I, you know, I would prefer, prefer him longer term over Ross just because I think he's got a better opportunity over the long season. How would you put Terry McLaurin of the Redskins in that group? He played 93% of the snaps, had a big game, could have had another long touchdown too where Keenan missed them. So McLaurin also a popular waiver wire ad this week. How does he fit in with Ross and Brown? He was tough because he really, you know, when his college resume, it didn't rank that high. He scored, you know, I think 11 touchdowns last year, like only like 43 catches. So he looked like he was kind of a big play guy. Ohio State had um, other you know, options there, so he didn't really get a chance. But, you know, Washington doesn't have much. Somebody's got to catch the ball. Um, you know, Philly, I, I told you, I mean, I, I even told you in Vegas that I thought Philly had some risk in the, you know, in the secondary, and, you know, and, and Washington exposed it. So, you know, defense is going to pay more attention to them. They don't really have other threats. So, you know, the safety will get shaded over there. He probably won't catch as many big balls. And, and who knows, you know, how much you can do over the short area of the field. So, you know, I would temper my expectations on him. I didn't, you know, my bids for him were a lot lower. I'm willing to take a shot, put him on a roster, see what happens. But, you know, hopefully I have enough strength in front where I don't need to, you know, start a guy like that. But, you know, somebody's got to, you know, emerge in Washington. But, you know, you know, will he, can he, can he maintain a long term? I'm not sure. Todd Gurley was, to me, a polarizing player in the preseason. There were people who said, oh, no problems. He's going to be fine. Others who stayed away. Then we saw week one, and you could look at it from two perspectives. Well, he played a lot of the snaps. He looked good. And then the other side, well, we saw too much Malcolm Brown. 11 carries, five red zone carries for Brown, none for Gurley, one reception for Gurley. Then you could say, well, it kind of was a preseason game, and they didn't really limit him too much. So I see both sides of it for Gurley. Seeing what happened, 
What is your viewpoint about Gurley going forward? Do you are you uh, concerned, or you say no? I'm encouraged because uh, you know he did play a good percentage of the snaps. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, when you get in the sports book and you watch it, and I'm playing against fantasy players, and they got the rah rah guys. That's why they didn't draft Gurley because you don't know whatever. And Malcolm Brown, and should have had him put on my roster, but you know, Malcolm Brown gets the easy one yard touchdown, which you could have scored on. And, and, he, and he made a nice run the other one. But, you know, Gurley was clearly the better player. He looked shocked. He made a good play. He just didn't get the, you know, the key touches at the goal line, but he made plays. So um, his his opportunity should should grow. And, you know, you know yeah, okay, Michael Brown's going to get some touches. But, you know, eventually the, the key play is, you know, at the goal line, you're going to switch back to Gurley. So he's a dynamic player. He's an explosive player, one of the best players in the game. He can make big plays. He can catch the ball, score touchdowns. And, as long as he's uh, healthy and he's on the field, he's going to be one of the better players in the game. And I, uh, and I, I would be uh, excited still to own him. Um, I wouldn't be uh, running to the waiver wire to spend $300 on Malcolm Brown if he was sitting there. Uh, in my home league, you went for 565 today. <laughs> it was not me. <laughs> as much as I have kind of been anti-girly, uh, I'm not going to spend that much money on Malcolm Brown. Corey Davis, he had no receptions, three targets. Now, he was going against Denzel Ward, so a tough matchup. Uh, we did see A.J. Brown play well, Delaney Walker play well. Any reason to worry about Corey Davis, or was this just, hey, a tough matchup, and he got taken out by a good corner? I tell you what, he, for people this week, he'll probably be a tough start. He'll probably pick up some guys up the way wire and, and play him. And, you know, he's one of those guys that you think could grow to be one of the top receivers in the game, but he just continues to frustrate fantasy players. So um, I would expect a bounce back week. And even if it was like a five or 60 or, you know, something like that, you know, 12 or 13 points, that would be a positive. Um, but, you know, he, you know, it's all about opportunity and week to week changes. And it, it's diff- disappointing when you got, got a guy like that in your lineup gives you zero because it really makes you gunshot a following week, but he, he should bounce back and he, he, he's the best player, you know, wide receiver on that team. And he, and he should get the most targets as the season goes on. I think we all knew, okay, it could be a crowded Philadelphia backfield. A lot of people were drafting Miles Sanders pretty early. He started to see his stock rise. And in week one, we saw 11 carries for Sanders, nine for Darren Sproles, six for Jordan Howard. Uh, We did see a touchdown taken away for Sanders by a penalty. Do you think this continues to be the uh, way going forward? Or do you think eventually Sanders shows that he's the best back and he gets the majority of the touches going forward? I was not in his camp this year. I mean, he, he he's a talented back, and when he's got the hot hand and the, and the game's going right, he's probably going to have some good games. But as we saw last week, when the game score got out of line, he's not a good enough pass catcher, and they turn to Sproles. You know, now if they get get a big lead and they want to pound the ball, they could very easily, you know, use mix in Jordan Howard. So it's, it's a touchy situation where Sanders, he's kind of the middle guy. He's probably more explosive than Howard, but Howard's, you know, he showed he could still run in that game. He looked pretty good, so... To me, Sanders is, you know, I'm not in some people asking him questions on the message about trades for him. He's a, kind of a guy, um, for me, that almost needs Howard to be out of the picture for him to gain that, you know, that bell cow early down opportunity, probably score touchdowns and maybe catch a few passes. But, you know, for now, he's kind of a tweener and kind of frustrating if you own him because I don't, I don't expect a lot of explosive games from him. David Montgomery was also frustrating for fantasy overs. We saw Mike Davis, Terry Cohen in the slot. Do you feel the same about Montgomery, or do you think it could change eventually? I think we were beat by the man, the, the head coach in that game, if you own Montgomery. 
you know, they didn't want to get Mike Davis in there for some, for whatever reason. They didn't, you know, place their bet on their top running back as the season unwinds. That Montgomery can catch the ball, he'll eventually score the touchdowns, and, and he can make big plays. So I think he will be a, you know, a tougher play for for the next couple of weeks. But eventually, he will emerge and be the best back in that backfield. And Cohen's still going to be the best guy, probably catching passes. But Montgomery's still going to get his chances. All right, Sean. Let people know what you got going on at FullTimeFantasy.com. Right now, you know, I work on the projections. You know, update them. You know, on Tuesdays, and they come out probably on a Wednesday morning. Uh, like I said, I have to update them, and they, you know, we'll kind of correct them as the week goes along, and then uh, we'll do, you know, the QB running back and wide receiver tight end reports for the daily game uh, rest of the week. All right, make sure you check out Sean Childs at FullTimeFantasy.com. Sean, thanks a lot for the time, and uh, good luck this weekend in season and DFS. All right. Yeah, and Sean Childs, find him at FullTimeFantasy.com. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. It is Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis wrapping it up here. Don't worry if you missed any portion of the show. You can check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search full-time fantasy, hit subscribe. You'll be notified whenever the new episodes are uploaded. And they're broken down into two separate hours as we have a two-hour show here. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. And also check out my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Uh, I love looking at snap counts, targets. I think that's very important. It kind of gives you an idea of what teams are doing. And obviously, it could change week to week. But we finally have some data here based on week one. So you could look at the target snap recap up on the site right now. You know, looking at you know the breakdown of how teams distribute among running backs, where the targets are. And I, I think that's really good stuff. It kind of gives you an idea. We talked about the Bears and we saw in week one how they basically split it evenly among the running backs. Montgomery had six carries as the team only had 15 total rushing attempts. That's the other thing you have to look at too. You know, a lot of, I got a question about the the Lions and Matthew Stafford. Like, oh, are they going to be more pass heavy this year? They ran a lot of plays. I think it was 80 in that game. Number one, it went overtime. Number two, Arizona said they're going to play at a high pace, and they did. And when that happens, it's going to open up more plays for the opponent too. And sometimes the opponent has to match that. So what we saw with Detroit in week one is not a good indicator of what's to come. Detroit does not want to play that way. They want to run the football a lot. And we saw a lot of players in that offense have big games. That's not going to happen week to week. So you have to take a look at things like that. Then on the other side, you're going to see games where teams just didn't run a lot of plays. That was the case with the Packers-Bears. It was just a slow, ugly game. Neither team can sustain offense or get first down. So that's something we're not going to see every week. Then people were talking about the Vikings and their passing offense. Kirk Cousins had 10 pass attempts. That's not going to happen every week, even though they do want to run the football and focus on the run more. They had such a huge lead. They just didn't need to pass the ball. You're not going to see that 
with Kirk Cousins. Even though he's not going to be the ideal fantasy quarterback this year, he's not going to get 10 pass attempts, and you will see Diggs and Thielens put up better weeks up ahead. You could check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code ROMANS50. Get your first two buns for the price of one. Also, check out my work, si.com slash fantasy. My stock watch article is up there. I'll have sneaky starts tomorrow. Deep sleepers on Friday on Full Time Fantasy. That wraps it up. I'll be back Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.